Is there something that makes you so mad that you could just, well, you fill in the blank. We are looking for guests like you. We want to prevent that proverbial blank from getting filled in. This is Rantified, and I'm your host, Big Skinny. Let's get that rant off your chest. I guarantee it, it'll make you feel better. Welcome to another possibly sanity-saving episode of Rantified. Has anything crazy happened to you this week? And I'm not using that word in a literal sense. What has got you the public wanting to vent? Well, we're about to find out. But first, I need to air some vents myself. I got a lot of problems with you people. (laughs) Now, you're going to hear about it. Why is it that my little four-pound dog, Legend, feels the need to go face deep in my coffee cup when my back is turned? Normally, I would not mind a friend sharing a sip of coffee, but I'm drawing the line when just a few minutes before stealing my coffee, he was really licking all of his private stuff, really going to town. Now, anytime I leave the room, I have to transport my cup of coffee with me. Thanks, Legend. Appreciate it, buddy. And lastly, you know, I'm a fan of the old westerns. I'm not angry about this, just perplexed. Why is it that all these cowboys with all that riding experience can't seem to tie a horse's reins to a dang hitching post? Doesn't seem like it would be that complicated, does it? All right, let's get on to your rants. Hey, this is Big Skinny, and you're listening to Rantified with Big Skinny, and on the line we have Mark from Benbrook. What's your rant today, Mr. Mark? Man, I want to denormalize the thumbs-up emoji that's used by old people. I'd say that bullshit is exactly the equivalent of replying to somebody with just the letter K. (laughs) Stop using the thumbs-up emoji. Take a little bit of extra time and respond to whatever your co-respondent is texting to you. Thumbs up emoji is a big fat fucking thumbs down. So does it make you feel like you're kind of disrespected? Like they're not really even paying attention to what you're saying? It's just kind of a quick, easy answer? The way that when somebody just replies K, the letter K, the thumbs up is identical. All right. So what if somebody's really busy, but they just want you to know that they saw your, you know, they saw your text and they respond or, or whatever. I'm not going to lie. I'd rather not respond at all than hit me with the damn thumbs up. <laughs> no thumbs up. Okay. So, uh, is there what you just, you want a long hand response anytime you text or, or I got it. I'll get back at you later. What, what are we looking for here? I mean, a smiley face shit, picking emoji. You can do an emoji response, but not the old man thumbs up unless you're literally re- replying that you were Fiscal and Ebert, and you're giving two thumbs up, maybe that, but otherwise, take the thumbs up out of your uh, typing vocabulary. All right, brother. Hey, I appreciate your rant. Yeah, I'm glad you got it off your chest, man. Thanks, okay. Thanks, buddy. This is Big Skinny, and you're listening to The Rantified with Big Skinny. On the line, we have Renee from Mansfield, Texas. What's your rant today, Renee? Um, my rant is when people buy new homes, the home builders leave a few details out and they do not tell you a lot of things so you have a lot of out of pocket with hiring your own people to go and make sure everything is up to par and they don't tell you the person that you're walking around with is technically not certified to do the walkthrough basically so So you you have a lot of out of pocket that you're not aware of a lot of people may not know that. Until you move in, Always and it's too late. Inspector. Do what? Until you move in, it's too late. It's, it's your problem then. Well, that's why you hire your own inspector, and you get that inspector to do it before you sign the closing paperwork. Yes, ma'am. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. That's, that's good sound advice. That is a good idea, and that is what we're going to do.
That's good sound advice. That's my rant. Oh, well, I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you much. Y'all, y'all have a you good rest welcome. of your day. Okay, Kenny. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. This is Big Skinny, and you're listening to The Rantified with Big Skinny. And here on the line, we have Andrew from Mansfield, Texas. What is your rant today, Mr. Andrew? My rant is this packaging for all these little parts so hard to get into. What if I was an old person with arthritis? How would I get into these things? What, what kind of parts are you trying to get into? Well, right now it's little parts from Home Depot, but just in general. Say I'm trying to open up a, a bottle of tea, a Lipton, Lipton green tea with citrus. Has anybody ever tried to open those caps? Uh, you know, look, I'm, I got a pretty strong grip. I work out, but it, it's a struggle to open those caps. What, what about the old people? I always think, what about my grandma with arthritis? How was she supposed to open this stuff without, I just, it doesn't make any sense. Do you think those old people are sitting around drinking green tea, man? I don't care what they're drinking. And what's it open up these parts from Home Depot? What if they're opening up trying to open up their medicine? What if they're trying to open up their uh, uh, insurer? I don't know. Why is it so hard to open? It should be easy. Well, that's I guess Grandma'd be calling up Andrew with those big oak tree fingers, and uh, he'd be popping them bottles open for her. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but that's my rant. That's my rant. So your rant is the bottles, every, everything's too tightly sealed, and, and you can't get your big hands to open those little bottles. My rant is why do they make things so hard? To, yes, that, that's my rant. All right, brother. I don't, I don't know, man. I, you know, I guess it started all back in the day when they started trying to, uh, you know, put cyanide in, in, uh, in Tylenol, you know. After that, I think everything kind of got sealed up. Well, maybe that's, that's okay. That makes you know, sense. You know, and I really want it tightly sealed where somebody can't just walk in there with their, you know, with their fingers and rip it wide open off the shelf and just shove something in there and put it back together. That's valid. That's valid. Yeah, I, I agree. But you when it gets home, there needs to be something like once you buy it, they need to make it easier to get into. That's all I'm saying. Or make it. You know, here, here's my rant, man. So you know, I bought uh, what did I buy the other day that had like. It was a bottle. It was like a bottle of juice or something, but you open it up and it had like a lid and you flip it open and then you use that lid to open the little seal on there, which I thought was a, <laughs> yeah, which was a pretty cool idea. But when I did that, the little uh, aluminum foil part fell down in the bottle and I'm trying to fish it out with my fingers. I'm like, you know, that, that, that was a good idea in principle, but I don't think it was working too well. That's just, okay. That's right. I think maybe on paper you go, Hey, this is safer. This is better. Okay. I'll give you that. But now that it's in practice and people can't open your stuff, uh, let's rethink it. Let's, let's rethink some, some yeah, of this stuff. Yeah. Give, us a chain, give us a chainsaw or something to open. Yeah, I, I get you with a little package, you know, those little plastic. Uh, some of the times you get that stuff home and, you know, they make it so hard for people not to be able to steal it out of the store. When you get it home, you can't even open it you up. You can't even open it up when I own it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's like, ah, I get well, you, brother. I, 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 I'm glad we can have this talk because I feel I feel like somebody at least understands me. Yeah, yeah. It's you know all of us all of us slow people here trying to open packages up. <laughs> I mean, listen, we're gonna be we're gonna be elderly one day. Right now, it's not a big deal, and we're like, all right, then bother. Some of us I'm are just looking out for the future. Some of us are know? some of us are already there, brother. <laughs> exactly. Some of us are closer than others. That's exactly right. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to get personal, but I'm thinking of you in, in you, your in your near future. You didn't want to point a finger at me. I get you, man. I get you. That's it. Well, all right, brother, get over, get over there in the corner and you know, hug and tug on your package, trying to get it open. I hope it, hope it works out for you. I appreciate it. Talk to you, brother. Bye. Bye. 
Hey, if you want to be a guest on the show, call our studio hotline at 682-235-7917. That's 682-235-7917. Leave us your contact info and the best time to call in will get your rent recorded and put you on the podcast. Hey, this is Big Skinny. You're listening to Rantify with Big Skinny. On the line, we have John, and you're calling from? Franklin, Tennessee. Franklin, Tennessee. What's on your mind today? What's your rant, John? Well, it's population and how they are really not improving anything, but their builders are building constantly. People are coming, so it's overcrowding. Shortcuts are gone. Now there's no places to eat. There's no places to park. And they continue to bring people in. It's very frustrating for the people that have that have been living in a place for quite some time. Well, that's you know that's a drag. It's like that everywhere. Even here in the little town of Fort Worth, Texas, the overpopulation. It's just everywhere you look, it's getting more populated. You can't even go. Well, to let me a- tell you. Let me tell you about Fort Worth, Texas. I came from Dallas. When I left Dallas in 1971, there was approximately seven six hundred thousand people in that town. Today, there's well over 7 million. Yeah. So, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I, it was all, it was, it, was mainly, it was mainly because of the television show Dallas. Yeah. Everyone started moving there. Yeah. So, um, in, in the area here where we live, we had our own little television show. It pretty much showed everyone that we could be as insidiously decadent, evil, and backstabbing as any place that they were already living. So, now they feel like they can come here. So we have increased exponentially to the point of, like I said, they asked me on a, tele, on a radio show recently, what's it like living in my town? It's like having a 50-horse corral that has 400 horses in it. Wow. That is crazy, man. It is crazy. But I feel your pain. It's like that. You know, I'm, have you been to Houston lately? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that we could we could, we could, could spend a day talking about just the traffic in Houston from all the population. It is crazy nuts, though, man. Well, look at Austin. I mean, even yeah. the town of Bastrop. And my great-great-great-great-grandfather is one of the founders of Bastrop. That place is, holy cow. It's just, it's, everyone's just moving in. And there's really, I understand the moving. The problem is that they are continuing to build without restructuring the uh, the infrastructure. Yes, sir. Well, brother, roads, etc. Well, brother John, I appreciate your time, man. Okay, thanks. Thanks, buddy. Hey, this is Big Skinny, and you know we're we're all about the rant here, and we have Robert calling in from cyprus texas what is on your mind today robert va benefits uh i'm a veteran of the united states army and uh i was in desert storm back in 1991 i left for basic training uh on august 1st of 90 right out of high school and of course iraq invaded kuwait on august 2nd and so I was in that mess from the get-go. They basically just sent me and about six or seven other guys from my AIT unit to a unit in Germany that didn't even have our MOS. They just needed extra people to go with them. Um, it was a Stinger missile platoon, uh, well, uh, battery. Um, we were in Riyadh for about, about five months and then I uh, came back. That unit, I was, uh, it was a first armored division unit in Germany, out of Schwabach, Germany, and so it, it deactivated. 
uh, and moved back stateside. And so I went right back. To, I, I did basic in AIT at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. And they, that's exactly where they sent me back to was uh, Fort Sill in September of 91. And uh, around October, late October of 91, uh, we had just come back from the field and we had our gear stacked up on uh, pallets, basically, on the backs of five-ton vehicles and deuce-and-a-half vehicles. Um, and the terrain that we went over, evidently, it, it, there was uh, netting over the, the over the equipment, and then that was all strapped to the side rails of the, the vehicle. Evidently, the terrain that we went under, uh, that we were driving over, going back uh, from the field to the, the, the motor pool, which is where all the vehicles are parked at on, on a military base. Um, the, the, the straps broke on one of the loads and I was the first one there at the gate to pull down and start downloading stuff. And, um, 400 pounds of that equipment fell on top of me, put me in a coma for about a week. And, uh, they uh, had me there at the, the hospital at Shepherd Air Force Base in Wichita, Texas, Wichita Falls, Texas. So um, about three weeks after I wake up, I'm going through rehab, and this major comes to me, and he says, uh, well, we're, we're chaptering you out on a medical. You don't have a, a choice here. You have a traumatic brain injury, spinal injury, um, other you know minor injuries as well, dislocated shoulder and a couple of fractured ribs. Um, he said, uh, you're basically, because you haven't been in for three quarters of your enlistment, you don't get any VA benefits and you don't qualify for a disability and you'll lose your GI bill. And that GI bill back then, the Montgomery GI bill was $25,000 and it was for college money or, uh, you know, whatever you wanted to use it for really, but it was, it, it was basically intended for college money. And that's what I was planning on using it for. Well, I, I get out, um, <laughs> come back to Houston, uh, January, well, actually it was New Year's Eve of, uh, 91. And, uh, I basically, I, I went around for 22 years, uh, believing everything that major told me. Now, this guy, I would have had to salute him outside of that hospital. And so, you know, I mean, you would think he would have to be held at a higher level of honor or honesty than, than, you know, uh, an enlisted man, especially a, a, a PFC, a E3. Uh, private. Um, and he, he, he lied. He, everything he told me was a lie, um, basically, from the time he walked into my room to the time he walked out. And uh, I was in Walmart one day in 2000, and I think it was 13, uh, up there in North Texas. I had gotten married and moved up there with uh, my wife at that time. Um, and uh, I was standing in line in Walmart. And this lady behind me was on her phone with a veteran of hers. She said, oh, you don't have to thank me. I'm a veteran service officer. That's what I do. And so she got off her phone. And I whipped around and I said, you're a veteran service officer? And she said, yes. I told her a little bit of what I just told you. And she said, well, it sounds to me like you got lied to. Um, why don't you come see me in my office tomorrow and we'll work with this and see what we can get you. She got me into the VA, she got me evaluated, and um, because the, the, uh, the, with the GI Bill, because it had been more than 10 years, I couldn't appeal that. That was gone and done with. Um, she got me evaluated. The, the person who did the evaluation was uh, a representative of the VA at the Fort Worth Clinic there on 20. And um, 
you know, she changed a bunch of my answers, um, things that I said yes to. She marked no on things that I said no to. Some of them she checked yes on, um, trying to make it seem like I was okay. Well, they came back with a 30% rating, and um, whenever my veteran service officer read back my answers that uh, for my evaluation, I was like, no, I know I said yes to that, or no, I know I said no to that, you know, different things. And uh, so they appealed it, and it um, it took them eight months to come back with a 30% rating, and... Uh, uh, that, that that was it constituted about five hundred dollars a month, um, roughly, and so um, we appealed that. It took them two years for the appeal to happen. Luckily, they sent me to a civilian doctor, and he recommended me for a hundred percent after hearing my story and everything. Um, it, what took them eight months to come back on a 30%, it only took them two weeks to come back on a 100% because they had to pay me retroactive back pay for that, uh, that eight months, um, which was about four grand. And for if they would have taken that long for the 100%, it would have been in the tens of thousands. And so they, they jumped on it real quick because they didn't want to pay that. They, I think their main goal in any case like that is to not have to relinquish nearly the money that they uh, probably should because these are benefits that veterans put their lives on the line, uh, veterans give their lives and their families get gypped, um, you know, they get gypped. And so I think the, 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 the problem with it now, back I think it was back in 2000, uh, 16, the VA administrator came under fire with Congress and because uh, there was a lot of things going on. And I mean, I don't hear, I'm neither here or there on, you know, whether my case had anything to do with that, but it was cases like mine um, where they were basically denying veterans benefits that they clearly were due. And so to go from you know, 30% and just barely making ends meet. And I'm sitting in my cubicle one day and my veteran service officer up in Decatur called me and she said, are you sitting down? And I said, yeah, I'm in my cubicle working. What's up? And she told me that I had been awarded a hundred percent. This was February of 2016. Um, after, you know, 30, 35 years uh, no, 25 years of uh, just going through what I had to go through, job to job, not really knowing what was wrong with me other than the traumatic brain injury. Well, they said I also had PTSD. So I got 100% for that, and I, I broke out in tears. And my boss comes out of his office, and my cubicle is right across from his office. He said, what's wrong? Are you okay? I was like, I'm fine. I just retired, you know. And uh, that, I mean, she told me in that conversation that because um, they took away my GI Bill, why don't I apply for Social Security disability as well? And she said, because they pay up to 100% for the things I had going on also. I said all that to say this, if there's a veteran out there listening and you went through some, uh, some things in your military service, and you know that something like you didn't come back the same way you left and there's things that are just going on there find a veteran service officer 
Um, there was, a, uh, if you're here in Texas, it's with the Texas Veterans Commission. Uh, so I guess it'd be, you know, add your state to whatever Veterans Commission in, in your area, but call the one in your county and uh, tell them your story. And if they feel like they know veteran law, if they feel like you are, have been lied to and have been jipped out of uh, benefits, um, like I said, the military's main goal is to save as much money as possible for you know their causes, which I, I'm all for military service, don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't wish what I went through on my worst enemy because war is hell. War is uh, the, the worst thing a person could possibly go through besides maybe a fire or drowning. Um, in my estimation, but uh, get with the get, get with the veteran service officer. Tell them your story and be accurate and be honest because there's paperwork. Every little thing that happened to you in the military, you have paperwork on it, and so they know if you're lying. They know if you're just trying to get benefits. Um, but yeah, and if if they don't go to bat for you, report them to the Texas Veterans Commission because. Um, I, whenever I first appealed my 30% rating, I went to the Fort Worth Clinic to the compensation office, uh, the compensation and pension office, and it was a marine drill, a former marine drill instructor who I sat at his desk and he's looking at his computer and, and basically telling me, you know, this here says that what you that you only deserve, you only qualify for 30% on this because what happened to you didn't happen in combat. Um, I went back to my veteran service officer and, uh, and this was before getting the hundred percent, um, went back to my veteran service officer, told her what he said. And she said, that is a lie. That is a lie. She called his, his boss. She called that guy's boss and, and that guy's boss and basically talked to the head person in Fort Worth clinic and, uh, Come to find out, these guys were all members of the Fort Worth uh, VFW, and they were only hooking up their buddies. Um, if, you, if they didn't know you from Adam, they didn't really care about your case, and they all got brought up on charges of fraud and were let go. And so, um, yeah, there, there are people in the system that know how to work the system, and, you know, I, I, I don't trust the system. I've got some great doctors with the VA here in Houston. Um, but as far as the people that pull the strings, I wouldn't trust them any further than I could throw them. So get someone who knows veteran law and have them get behind you and, and fight. My, my veteran service officer, uh, her name was uh, Laura Spain. She was out of the Decatur office. She's retired now. Um, but she fought for me like a pit bull and got me everything that, that she knew I had coming. So that would be my advice to any veteran listening uh, right now. You've been listening to Rantify with Big Skinny, where we are here for your sanity and peace of mind. Until next time, you guys take care. We'll be seeing you.